Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. We've started a new series called Mission Control. Anybody here last week? Anybody gain anything last week? I know for me, one and for all, uh, if nobody else got nothing, my week was rough this week uh, just because trying to hold on to that word. Like the enemy comes in. It started out Monday, Miss Beverly, early morning it started. Lord Jesus. I had my sermon ready by Wednesday. I'm like, golly. I got excited. I went out to dinner last night, had my sermon all ready and prepped and got home. And the Lord said, no, we're going to say something different in the morning. So you might as well keep those notes for next time. And so y'all forgive me if I fumble over my words. It is a 3 a.m. kind of morning last night. And so um, if you need a Bible, please raise your hand and we'll have someone bring you out a copy of Scripture. So brief recap from last week. If we can get the first slide up from last week, uh, brief recap. Uh, we talked about self-control. And anybody, you, you know that once you start talking about self-control, yourself don't want to be controlled, right? And so we talked about self-control requires us to make proper decisions before we act. Based upon our thought life has to be right before we start trying to control ourselves. We have to get it right in our minds first. And then we said that self-control is not about bringing ourselves under our own control, rather about submitting ourselves to the authority of Jesus. And so a lot of times we miss it and we get it twisted and we think that uh, self-control is just about how hard we can work at it and how much we can dedicate towards it. And it's really not about us doing anything. It's about us submitting ourselves to the authority of Jesus and the control comes from him. And that's where we got the whole notion of mission control. Our mission is to make disciples. The mission is at stake. And so we have to control ourselves in order for us to do what Christ has called us to do. And we said that last week. We said the mission of the church is to make disciples and to proclaim God's word uh, through our own words and also through our life and through our deeds. And so we should display the gospel through the way that we act. And so understanding the mission is critical to self-control. Amen. How many people in here today, I don't know everybody's face, uh, I usually know everybody's face, I don't know everybody's face here today, how many people in here today are on mission for God? Let me see a show of hands, how many people are on mission for God? Well, y'all in the right place today, amen, Jesus, amen, Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about the second iteration of this. We talked about understanding the mission, we talked about uh, being willing to control ourselves, and today we're going to take another step, we're going to talk about taming our tongue. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. All right. Courtney told y'all about the grace gift box in the back. Just drop your grace gift off and go and come back next week. It ain't going to be no better. It ain't going to be no better. But we're going to talk about it. And so why is taming our tongue so hard? Because I said taming our tongue. I, I imagine if I said this in 1775, I would say taming your tongue. People would have had a different uh, response than today. Because today we live in a culture, we live in a society where we think our tongue matters. We think our words are important. We got freedom of speech. And I, I don't know who put that freedom of speech in the Constitution, but golly, I think we should try to amend that some. Just, we could put some, not don't take it away, but just we need to make some, we need to put some parameters around some things. Right? Like we hold on to that and we all think our voice matters, right? And I think your voice does matter if your lifestyle backs up with your voices and you're doing things. But some people, we're just talking just to be talking because Craig and them talking, I might as well say something about the situation too. 
and we've been bombarded in social. And again, I get on social media a lot. I don't. I I I subscribe to social media. I'm a part of social media. But I think there's something inside of this this mob mentality that we live in this globalized world, and we all get together, and our collective voices are just bad. And we live in this in, in this place of just just all the time toxicity. All the time, all day long, all day long, we just walk around and what. Here, here, here's the thing, uh, and we say things because we think that our words have no consequences. But we don't understand that the words not only affect the people that we're talking to, they also affect us. And Jesus has told us to guard our words, to watch our hearts, to guard our words. And Jesus even said this. Listen, I'm not following y'all, a lot of y'all. On, I'm not cyber stalking. I'm not. But I see some of y'all post. I'm just saying. I see some people post on Facebook. If Jesus were to see some of your words. If Jesus was your follower, what would he see? What would he see? And so some of you today here, I think you'll be shocked as we dive a little deeper and see what God actually says about our words. Um, And many of us, listen, I'm not throwing stones because I told you this week was hard for me. Um, We get caught up so often with not sinning with those great big grandiose sins that church folk will go, mmm, child. But instead, we walk around all day making excuses for one another to sin with our mouths. With our mouths. Don't raise your hands uh, 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 in the physical realm. Raise your hands in your mind. Everybody put your hand up in your mind. Is your hand up in your mind? Everybody's hand up in your mind? All right. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to name out these sins of the tongue, these sins of our words, and as I name them, you ain't got your hand up for real. I got to say this a couple of times because you know somebody in the room is going to put the hand up. Don't do it. You'll embarrass yourself. And so your hand is up in your mind, right? Everybody got the hand up in your mind? And when I name out these sins of the tongue, these sins of your words, put your hand down in your mind, okay? Everybody follow me? They say, this boy is so weird this morning, but it's okay. Because I don't want to put nobody on blast. Okay, here's some t- sins of the tongue. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is what the Bible says that we do with our tongue. Um, um, that cause us to sin. Retaliation. Retaliation. If you don't know what that means, if somebody do something to you, you have to say something back to them in your, like, you, you do that. Anybody? Half the hands are down, right? Half the, don't, 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 don't grin, don't give yourself away. All right. Accusation. Accusation. You accuse somebody of doing something that you're not, you don't have the facts on, but you accuse them of it anyway. Because it just makes you feel better that that person might be doing this. And you, and you go and tell somebody else about it, which leads us to our next one. That's that, 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 that big gossip, the old folks say that gossip spirit. You go tell somebody else about what you feel about this person. And so how many hands have we still got up? Don't say nothing. Okay, being cynical. It's a big word, I know. It's not really a big word, but, you know, being cynical. Every, ain't nothing, nothing, not, just nothing ain't right. That, that ain't gonna, that, that ain't gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna fail. I, I don't know why they're gonna try to sit up there with their little and they're gonna try to, and this cynical, cynical. My hand went down a long time ago. I'm letting y'all know right now. Okay, boasting, boasting. We called it high capping back in the day. High capping. Making empty promises just so that people will leave you alone. Okay, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Making empty promises. Spouting bitterness. Foolish talk. Obscene stories. Church gossiping. That means sharing just way too much. 
well, pray for Tina because Tina going, you just, you just gossip. You don't want nobody to pray for Tina. You were just gossiping. If you put prayer before, you think it's okay. Watch this. Some of us, we still struggle with this. Lying. Lying. Self-preservation. We lie to preserve ourselves. Even those little bitty white lies. Slander. Outbursts of anger. Seduction. Cursing. Criticism. Coarse jesting or dirty jokes. Complaining. Manipulation. Using the Lord's name in vain, being rude, being tactless, calling someone a fool. Listen, Jesus calls that murder. Causing people to stumble with our words. Now, some people might still have their hand up, and I, 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 I would guess, I would wager the bet that if you still have the, your hand up in your mind, you're a shy person, you don't talk much. Well, don't worry about that. We won't get on you next week. Okay? Amen. All right, and so James chapter 3 is where we're going today. James chapter 3. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll bring you out a copy of Scripture that is yours to keep. James chapter 3 is where we're going this morning. Just to give a little bit of backup, uh, background on the story, James, scholars will tell us that this is Jesus' half-brother. This is Jesus' half-brother. The only way that they have brothers is because uh, 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 Jesus was the son of God through Mary, and so after Jesus was born, then Mary had other children by a different daddy named Joseph, and so this would be Jesus's brother. He grew up with Jesus. He was around Jesus. He would hear Jesus's teaching. He would hear Jesus's story. He would understand the Proverbs. And so a lot of what Jesus said just naturally comes out because he was in proximity to Jesus, his brother. And so he was a he was a leader in the church in Jerusalem, probably the first Jewish community after Peter stepped away, James became the leader. And they were going through turmoil. They were going through persecution. And James was, was leading steadfastly amongst them. And so James wrote in his book, a lot of the church, a lot of the, a lot of, about four o'clock in the morning. Okay. A lot of the letters that were written to the church, they were written for specific things that were happening in that particular church at that particular time. Now, but James's uh, letter to the church was more of a general, uh, just kind of, these are things that you need to do with your life, whether you're at this church or that church or whatever church you're at. These, this is just general revelation from Jesus' brother. And so if you can't get it straight from Jesus, I guess his brother will be the next best thing. And so as he was teaching, he was he was he, he, he was uh, alluding to Jesus's uh, uh, talk in Luke chapter six, verses 43 and 45. And it says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit, for the figs are not gathered uh, from thorn bushes, nor grapes from a uh, bramble bush. I don't even know what a bramble bush is, so I'm not going there looking for grapes. Okay. The good person out of uh, the good treasure of his heart produces good. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So keep this in mind as we're reading through James chapter 3 that Jesus said, what's in your heart comes out through your mouth. I know we get, I, 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 I didn't really mean it, brother. I was just playing. You ever had somebody like you? You're like, no, you weren't playing. You meant every word. You're just trying to excuse yourself that by, by, by saying that you didn't mean it, but you meant it because your heart told, your mouth told on you. Your mouth told you what, told us what your heart was actually doing. In other words, our words tell the truth about our character. Our words tell the truth about our character.
people get mad at me all the time when, I, when, when I'm counseling or I'm talking to people and I'm talking through some stuff and I get hung up on words and they get mad that I get hung up on words. I'm, saying I'm getting hung up on the words because your words are displaying what's in your heart. And as your pastor, it's my job to help you identify those areas in your heart where there's darkness and there needs to be illumination. And so please don't get mad at me because I'm getting caught up in your words. Well, I didn't mean it. Well, let's take another second. Let's reevaluate. Let me let me let you change the words a little bit. And then they say something else. I said, you just said the same thing. You're not realizing that your heart is being told on by your mouth. And oftentimes we've we've, we've disassociated our words with having meaning or power. We've disassociated our our, our words with having meaning or power. And so Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, uh, your words, your your mouth speaks. Your mouth speaks. And turn me in James chapter 3. We'll read the first 12 verses of James chapter 3. And then we'll, we'll have some application points. We'll do communion. We'll have a baby dedication. And I think that's it for today. Amen. And so I'm going to be moving through a lot of scriptures. I'm going to be moving fast. So if you're a note taker, please take notes. because I don't want to have you out here at 330 and everybody said amen. So not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Y'all hold on to that. Put that in your back pocket for a minute. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to also able also to bridle his whole body. Perfect man. Perfect man. Now, we're the, when James uses this word perfect, he's not saying that you're perfect, that you, you, that you just do everything right. But what he's talking about is wholeness. That your, your, your lifestyle is not fractured. You don't say one thing and do another. And oftentimes we 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 in our culture today, we compartmentalize our lives. I have my church life. I have my job life. I have my club life. How you have the club life? I have my club life. I, 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 you know, we compartmentalize. Well, I, I hang out with my work friends and I hang out with my church friends and I can't take my church friends around my work friends because we turn up. And I'm on a certain behavior when I'm over here. It's different than when I'm over here. And our lives are so fragmented. And so what James is saying, if you're, he, he's saying you need this wholeness of life. You need to be who you are, where you are. Now, I'm not talking about not for the sake of the gospel, because Paul did say I become all things to all men that I might win some. And so we learn how to use wisdom to go in and out. But you shouldn't just have this contradictory lifestyle. You shouldn't be one way here. And then as soon as you get in the parking lot, the trap music come on and you. I'm not speaking to nobody up in here. I'm not. I'm not. Trap music bad. Michael Jackson good, okay? Just know that. He said, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they can bay us, we guide their whole body as well. Look at the ships also. They, though are so large, are driven by strong winds, um, they are guided by a very small rudder whenever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Anybody remember the Bastrop fires from years ago? Horrible. Started from a spark. 
damage. You just look at California anytime on the news. Like California is always on fire. Oftentimes, started by a cigarette butt, started by a little, a little twinkle of grass catching on fire. And then they say, you know, thousands and thousands of acres are gone. And this is what Paul, I mean, this is what James is saying right here. He's saying, listen, you need to understand some things. That little spark that you make with your mouth is dangerous. And the tongue is a fire. And the tongue is a fire. A world of, I lost my space. There we go. A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. Listen, your tongue controls you whether you know it or not. The words that you choose to use control you whether you know it or not. And a lot of us, we're on the wrong trajectory of a life. And if we would just take our time to examine our lives, go back to the words that you're speaking. I can, uh, I know a lot of us, we know this old, this old proverb we use, we go, Dang, uh, power and life and death is in the tongue. Death and life and there's a power of the tongue. And we leave it there, but we don't say the rest of it. He said, and those who love it, they will eat the fruit of it. And so a lot of time what we do is we, 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 we use that scripture to do some naming and claim it magic. I can remember one time, wasn't at this church, we were still at the school, and the person ain't here right now, if y'all know the person, don't tell them I said this, no, just joking. But anyway, nobody knows, but the person I was in, and I was having a rough day, because it was one of those days when my joints were just hurting, and, I, and before, I was just being transparent to the congregation, I said, listen, my joints are hurting today, it's really hard for me to even walk, can y'all just kind of pray for me? And I prayed, and then we, I preached, then after service, somebody came up and said, don't you be claiming that stuff over your life. I'm going to pray for you right now. You know, I'm, okay, pray for me, brother. Amen. Amen. How you feeling? Me and my legs still hurt. <laughs> Actually, it hurts more now because I'm a little frustrated with you, so I don't. And we, we, we try to conjure up stuff with our tongue, and that's not what that's saying. That's saying that, listen, there's consequences for what you say. And so even though we got freedom of speech, and we got selfie cams now, and we open them up and say, I understand my rights and all that. And you acting wild, you might end up uh, sleeping in the concrete uh, cell. Because there's consequences for what you say. I grew up in a neighborhood where, listen, I, l- 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 my, me and my wife grew up in different neighborhoods. My wife grew up in a neighborhood where they like debates. You can have a, just a rousing debate. And, and I like it now, but back in the day, it was like, no, don't you disagree with me? And so my words, if I were to disagree with somebody, my words were, were I knew this. I innately knew that if we were talking and I disagreed with you, that there would be consequences and repercussions for the way that I spoke to you. Now, that's not right because we shouldn't be putting our hands on each other, but it taught me some stuff in the spirit realm. For every action with our words, there is a reaction. And we need to be in a place where we are positively uh, impacting culture, not negatively impacting culture. And as we negatively impact culture, we negatively impact ourselves. And so let me move on. Set a fire by hell. Wow, that's, that's hard, James. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile or creature can be tamed. It has been tamed by mankind. Ever been to the zoo? Think about that for a second. Have you ever been to the circus? Think about that for a second. This man with a little bitty whip 
making lions jump on top of stuff. Lions are the king of the jungle. They got bears riding bicycles. They got elephants on top of balls, walking on tight ropes. And the Bible said every beast has been trained by man, but we can't seem to tame this piece of flesh that flaps between our gums. Think about that for a second. Like, what you put your mind to as a human, you can do. But the one thing that we can't do is we can't properly be controlled our tongues because it is directly, as Jesus said, connected to our hearts. And so what we need to do is we need to go back to mission control and say, listen, I can't control my tongue. I need to depend on you. I need to depend on you, Lord. Lord, help me with my tongue. Help me with the words I say. And many of us, we're in relationships, we're in marriages right now, and we've been going on for years and years and years, just tearing each other down with our mouths. And then we say, well, we don't, already, we don't got comfortable talking this way. We might as well not just change because she ain't going nowhere. You keep trying. He ain't going nowhere. I can say what I want to say when I want to say it. And you are literally tearing down your own home. Kids, leaving the house, turning 18. Joining the military just to get away from you. I thought about that for a second. I joined the military just to get away from my parents? I put myself in harm's way just to get out of this house. They go off to college. They don't come back. They don't have nothing to do with you. Senior homes, like we went in a couple of weeks ago, they're filled with people. They're filled with people who children don't come to see them. And, I, and, I, and you begin to talk, and, they, and people begin to uh, uh, share, and you find out that, you know, they, they, they drove a wedge between them and others that they love because of they couldn't control this. And oftentimes, in order to try to control other people, we try to control them with this, and it makes people just say, no, nah, I don't want no parts of that. And we wonder why people don't want to be around us. Got too deep. I need to put, I need to come back up. But no human being can control the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Oh my goodness. Circle that if you circle stuff in the Bible. With that same tongue, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. It didn't say we curse other saints. Before you go to put your mouth on somebody, understand this. They were created in God's image. I know they don't agree with you. I know they don't do the stuff you do, you, that, 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 that you think a, a demon is right. I know they got a lifestyle that doesn't match with what you think that lifestyle should be. And so that still doesn't give you the right to put your mouth on them because they don't belong to you. I'm going to get us some help in a minute. I, I, I got to rip off the scab first. From the same mouse come... Blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring bring forth the same from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can salt pond yield fresh water. And so we're going around, and I told you, I put, put a pen a while ago. He said that you guys who claim to be teachers, and a lot of us claim to be teachers. We, uh, even if we don't have a microphone and a podium, we walk around telling everybody else about what their life ought to be according to the word of God. They say, you ought to be careful because you're going to be judged more harshly than other people. And so we 
do these horrible things. We talk down about people, and then, and then we go and we want to bless the Lord, and we wonder why there's no fruit in our life. Because, listen, you got salt water mixing with your fresh brain. We used to say back in the day, they, 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 they pouring salt in my game. Don't nobody want salt in their game. And you're trying to go forward with God, and you wonder why you can't lay hold of God because you are salty, not the right kind of salty. And so we see that controlling our tongue is extremely difficult, according to verse 7, at least in our own power. And so what we need to do is we need to get to a place where we understand that it takes the power of Christ within us to tame our tongues. But not only our tongues, our hearts. Because our tongue is just a mirror. Got a slide here. It says, if we transform the heart, behaviors will follow. So in your plight to get your tongue order, you need to go to the root of the thing and figure out what's wrong with your, with your heart. Amen? All right. I'm already at the application point. I got some applications. I got some things that you can apply to your life this week. I want you to start doing it so that we can start moving towards, listen, being on mission for God. Don't raise your hands. Raise them in your head. How many people have you led to the Lord in the last 10 years? 20 years. I saw this thing. I love so. Like I said, I got a love-hate relationship with social media. I saw somebody post something on social media all day, and I was like, ouch. He said, a lot of Christians out here winning arguments and ain't winning souls. Jesus, don't come back just yet, because I, I, I got to get it right. We out here winning arguments. But when's the last time you won a soul? Maybe that water ain't fresh as you thought it was. You ain't got to say amen. You can say ouch. First application point, number one. Number one. Number one application point. Number one. Number one. Number one. Repent. Can't get nowhere without repentance. And repentance merely says, God, you're right. I'm wrong. My actions have been wrong, and now I need to turn, which leads to the second point, responsibility. Listen. I've been wrong. I need to do what I need to do in order to correct the situation, God. So tell me what I need to do because you're mission control. God, my life has been messed up because of my tongue. God, I haven't kept my tongue off of people. God, I haven't used the choices of words. Listen, I, listen I'm, I'm preaching to the mirror right now. Listen, I have, I, in our household, people, people, people think it's funny, but in our household, our love language is harassment. And we all sensitive in the house, too. Like, you can go too far with us. We're like, okay, I, 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 yeah. But people come over, they be like, y'all just really talk to each other like this? Like, we're just having fun. Where the home is supposed to be a place of fresh water. Fresh. Well, I think I'm talking to somebody else in the house today, too. I know James didn't just say this for me and him. So repent. Agree that your tongue is out of control and that it causes you to sin. Get to that point. God, my tongue causes me to sin. My heart is not right. Then, then, then you can take responsibility. Repentance is about taking responsibility. I've been going in this direction. I'm going to about face and I have to consciously say I'm going in that direction. 
And so what am I taking responsibility for? I'm taking responsibility for my tongue. I need to realize that our words have consequences, and I have to be responsible for this thing. It's just not just words. I have to be cognizant of this thing. I have to be cognizant of my words. Listen, you can't get those words back once you let them out. The, you, you can't get them back. Anybody ever been saying something and you've been mad and you just say, blah, blah, blah. and then because your heart wasn't right, you say, I'm sorry. And the other person don't forgive you. And then you, blah, 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 blah. you can't get them back. Whoever said sticks and stones will hurt my bones or whatever they said. But th you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but words don't hurt. They was a liar. I still have stuff that was said to me when I was eight, nine years old. I'm still struggling with. My ears ain't that small. Golly. <laughs> now y'all looking at my ears. Thank you. <laughs> and you're laughing. Thank you. This is like a nightmare. Just on point and laugh. So how do we take responsibility? I think the scripture tells us vividly, we need to proceed with caution. Be careful with your words. The Bible says that it is like a fire that sets ablaze. You tell your kids not to play with matches. Why? Because you don't want them to burn your house down. You want to teach them respect for fire. Don't never see nobody outside with their kid with a flamethrower. Like, yeah, you have to put it on the tree. Dash, you go to light the grill, you think you're two year old, boy, you gotta learn sometime. No! Spitting them burnt the whole house down. And you ain't paid it off. We have to have responsibility. We have to, we have, to have a respect for our words. We don't have respect for our words. Our words are just a dime a dozen. We have 5,000 words a day. We just, they just spin them out. Listen, listen, you, you get 5,000 new ones tomorrow. You got rollover minutes. You ain't got to say everything that's on your mind. Respect your words. Like I said, the power of death and life is in the tongue, but the Bible also says that if you love it, if you like talking, you're going to eat the fruit of what you like. It's hard for a pastor too. I love talking. I, I got a friend this morning. Uh, it's his birthday, and his wife said, send a 20-second clip to say happy birthday. I did it like seven, eight times, and the best I can do was 37 seconds. I just couldn't get down between 20 because I had so much to say about his birthday. Happy birthday. Take responsibility because our heart is sneaky. It's deceitful. No man can understand it, and it just waits. It's just, it's just, it's just, waiting, for you. It's just waiting for your tongue to get into motion. And it just jumps on top of it, out of it comes. And so sometimes, listen, sometimes we just need to slow down. And so there's my second point of how to take responsibility. Devote yourself to daily prayer. Devote yourself to daily prayer. Watch this. Colossians 4, 2 through 6 says this. This is Paul. And trust me, Paul had a lot of words to say. Paul wrote over half of the New Testament. Paul had a lot of stuff to say. But listen to what Paul said about being responsible with his words. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the time, at the same time, pray for us also. Paul said, pray for me. Why is he saying pray for me? Watch this. That God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Wow. That I might make clear, that I might make clear which is how I ought to speak. Paul is saying, listen, 
pray that I have clarity with my words. Now, Paul is sitting in prison because of his words. And Paul is understanding the power of words. And so Paul is saying, listen, 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 listen. There's consequences behind words. So listen, pray that I would say the right thing while I'm in prison to impact other people with the gospel. Not that I get up out of my situation. He said, don't, don't pray for me that, 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 that the parole board will hear my pardon. Don't pray for me to get up out of this situation. He said, pray for me to be able to speak rightfully while I'm in the situation. Pray that I might have the right words. So you need to be responsible. And watch this. He says you need to be intentional. Verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious. Uh-oh. Seasoned with salt. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Each individual person needs a different answer sometimes. But if I'm rushing the judgment and Reagan say something, I just give her answer. And my, I just give her answer. I ain't took time to be gracious and season it with salt. I try to understand what I should be saying. And a lot of times we're just reactionary because people came at us sideways. And so when that happens, listen, listen, listen. Great theologian, Carl Winslow. Great theologian. Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? Every time he got mad, he would say that. Three, two, one. One, two, three. Y'all too young. Y'all don't know about family matters. What the heck is bothering me? We need to, we need to employ that as Christians. Don't be, listen, the Bible said be slow to speak. Why? Because if we just are reactionary, we're just going to say the first thing that touched us. And if we can't get to that person right away, we call somebody. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna talk. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say something to them when I when, when yeah. They at work right now. They ain't answer their phone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh girl, do you think I should say that? Slow down. Filter your words. Let them be seasoned. Another, consider who you're talking to. The Bible just told us that they were made in the image of God. Consider who you're talking to. Now, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not a little scary dude. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Just not. But I ain't going to talk crazy to Mike Tyson's daughter in front of Mike Tyson. I'm just letting you know right now. That man bite off ears. I don't even know if he got a daughter, but I wouldn't talk crazy to her. Why? Because who she's connected to, because who she is. Wouldn't talk crazy to his son either. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. His niece, ain't he them, nobody. Why would not I do it? Because of who they're connected to. And there's consequences for me talking to them the way that I just want to talk to them. How much more that everybody was created in the image of God and they are, they, 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 they are potentially blood-bought. See, we try to keep it in the church. They are potentially blood-bought. I love that Gail used to always say this in a small group. They're pre-Christians. You, they, you, you, they, we're just waiting on the day. Because their situation looks different than my situation. I feel like I can just talk to them because there's something inside of me. And I'm broken. I'm fractured. And so I just take it out on everybody around me. But if we start looking at people like it was Mike Tyson's daughter. Because I, I know you're not scared of God. If it was like it was Mike Tyson's daughter. 
You'll be giving them a whole lot of benefit of the doubt. Well, maybe she was just having a bad day. You know, uh, go over there and, you know, man, go say something. No, 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 she good, she good, she good. She just, she just didn't eat her breakfast that morning. I'm just, because words hurt. Consider the person you're talking to. The Bible says a soft word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You want to be the one to defuse the situation? Shush. Don't meet their reaction with the reaction that you would want. Listen, listen, treat them like you would want to be treated. Well, sometimes you want to fight, but don't do that then. Okay, so treat them like you would if Jesus was standing on the side of them. Amen. Secondly, filter your words through God's word. It's hard to act a fool when you're filtering your words through God's word. I tell people all the time, and this includes, listen, y'all, listen, listen, listen. I'm making an amendment. I'm not rewriting the Bible. I'm including what you do with your thumbs. Those are still words. That's communication. Slow down. Filter it through God's word. Read it. Mm-hmm. With the Holy Spirit approved. I'm not going to say that. Is it wholesome? Is it bringing life? No, I'm not going to do that. Why do we have to say it? Because we want to get back. It's our heart. Y'all see this? It's our heart. It's our heart. Here's another point. Use your words to heal. Your words are not meant to tear people down. I mean, I'm just going to tell them the truth of God. He mind. Was it harsh? Did it bring healing? Well, sometimes you just got to rip off a scab. Let the Holy Spirit rip off your scabs. Proverbs 12, 18 says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. So all your words bringing healing. Shut up. You ain't got nothing nice to say. But I gotta, I gotta share the truth. Listen, Jesus and Matt. I mean, what was, what was it? Luke sixteen? What was that? At? John sixteen. It was some one of them gospels. Jesus told his disciples, he said, there are so many things I want to tell you. You can't even bear to hear right now. But listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to lead you into all truth. Sometimes we got to stop trying to be Holy Ghost Junior and let the Holy Ghost work on people's lives. We want to step in and fix it. You're not their pastor? If it's not sin under death, pray. They just give the Holy Spirit time to convict their heart, prick their hearts. Pray, pray that you might have the right word seasoned with salt and the opportunity to speak those things when the opportunity comes to speak those things. And so sometimes people don't walk away from God because you came in prematurely. You just got to say something. The Bible said, watch out, y'all that think you got something to say all the time. Because I'm going to judge you more harshly. So sometimes just shut up. And people who like to control situations, we have a problem with that. 
Because I got to go give you my 10,000 words for you to figure out what you need to do, when you have to do it, and how you need to do it. And when you, oh, you, did you do it? No, 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 that's not how you do it. And even if they're they doing it, they're not doing it the way that you want them to do it. Anybody ever been there? I told you to fold them blankets. I folded the blankets. You didn't fold them right. Well, you know, you got two arms and two feet. You could have walked over there and folded the blanket yourself. The way that I folded the blanket is making you feel some kind of way about the way I folded the blanket. But people who want to control the narrative, we have problems with just shutting up. And then when somebody comes to the conclusion, you say, I was just about to say that. Why'd you have to do that? Shut up. Look at your neighbor and say, shut up. I just, I've always wanted to do that. Also, people who are easily offended have a problem with shutting up. Why? Because I'm offended. I didn't do that. Like, 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 like my heart and my tongue are like, I, Angela, help me. I know it's not medically true, but somehow in the spirit, our heart be like. <laughs> you offend me? Oh, I have to say one more word. Got to get the very last word. Okay, you go. Okay, let me tell you what I just said five times. Again, because I got to get the last word. So just so you know. Stop wearing our hearts on our uvula. I don't know where it is. Somewhere up in here. Somewhere up in there. Touching your tongue. Stop wearing your heart there. Sometimes God wants you to bear the things that are being said to you because there might be a little bit of truth in it. Just because it wasn't gave to you the right way, it might be a little truth to it. Well, I know they're right, but they shouldn't have said it like that. But was it right? Yes. Are you long-suffering? No. But sometimes we just need to shut it. Why? Because we are on mission. The Bible teaches us that even a fool can look wise if he just shut his mouth every once in a while. You ever been around somebody, they don't ever talk? And you're like, man, they eat waters. Eat waters. And then one time they, they, they just get out and talk. You be like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Ain't nothing deep about that. All right, brother. God bless you. Amen. 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 You're a little slow, but it's okay. All right, last one. All these have been things that have been outward towards other people. All these other actions that we use with our tongue. Listen, sometimes it works on ourselves. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. A while ago, I said that, you know, words have power, and, 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 and we start convincing ourselves sometimes we complain so much. We started out with that narrative. We started out with that understanding. We walked in, we complained, and now nah, every time I go in here, the food nasty. They got new management. They done cleaned all the dishes, everything. Now, every time I go in here, the food nasty. They ain't going to be, I don't want to be in here no way. Food was good. Nah, I didn't really like it. But won't you go talk to him or her about it? I'm going to go talk to him, but they, I, I know what they're going to say. Know what they're going to say? What they say? They said they were sorry, but they didn't, the way they said it, though, they didn't really mean it. You convinced yourself with your tongue. And you got there, and the situation was, was the situation when you show up ain't never what you think is going to be in your mind. The Holy Spirit done tricked you and persuaded. I mean, he done, he, 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 done, he done did the whole situation where, 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 where he done made it work out to your good and you still couldn't see it because you was mad because you were complaining the whole way there. 
Well, let him let the bill, the billing department at the phone company forget to send you a bill. Oh, won't he do it? Won't he do it? So you can go shopping. And he's working all the time for our good. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. So sometimes we just need to shut up and stop complaining. Stop it. Stop it. Why? Because God has purpose on our lives. My purpose and your purpose might be different, but God has purpose on our lives. And he's trying to move us towards that purpose. He's trying to do what he wants to do. He's trying to impact the lives of others. He's trying to get us to the point where we're not just, we, we just don't want to win arguments no more. We want to see other people understand the realness of who God is. And here's the last challenge. Here's the last challenge. We don't know who God is in our own hearts. And so that's why our tongues do what our tongues do. We fake it till we make it. We yab it till we blab it. We do all that kind of stuff. And we don't really believe what we say we believe. We don't fear God. We don't care. God, surely every word is not going to be played before my account when I get before him. Surely. Act like your words are dollars. Some of y'all won't never say nothing. Act like your words are precious because they are. God designed us that way. We have the ability to communicate like nothing else that he's created. Nothing else he's created. We have the ability to fellowship with him and tell others about that goodness. And so your words should be pointing people to the mission. You need to wake up in the morning and say, how am I pointing people to the mission this morning with my words? And run into by that filter. How am I pointing people to the mission today by my words? Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.